1: Jarofsky show for this Thursday, June 15th starts now. On today's show, Ben welcomes the return of We Stand Inc. founder and former city councilman from South Bend, Indiana, Henry Davis Jr. The Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader chicagoreader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, and so much more. If you like uh, newsletter articles from Ben Jarofsky, there's one in there this week. You might want to head on over. chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J-O-R-A-V is in victory. S-K-Y.
2: Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this daily trump thursday and here's why well folks things are really starting to get weird and it's great hunter thompson once said when the going gets weird the weird turn pro that's the saying when the going gets weird the weird turn pro hunter thompson wrote that in uh, his book fear and loathing in las vegas when the going gets weird the weird turn pro and i am watching this In real time, Donnie Trump yesterday arraigned in Miami on all kinds of charges of hoarding classified information, putting them in boxes, stashing them in bathrooms and bedrooms and ballrooms, et cetera, and so forth. Clearly, he was holding on because he wanted to cut a deal with the feds. Oh, you want these documents? It'll cost you money. That's how the man thinks. Man's a gangster, ladies and gentlemen had Lance Williams on the show last week. Excellent interview, if I must say so myself. Wonderful conversation with Lance Williams, professor of political science here in the uh, city of Chicago, just wrote a book about Mayor Daley and the gangster disciples, talked about the whole concept of gangsters and politics. I urge everyone to check out that interview and then read the book or in in reverse order does not matter. But we're seeing it play out in real life. Donald Trump is a gangster. Rules don't apply to him. He uses the power he has to get what he can take from anybody. He'll squeeze you. Oh, you want something? It's going to cost you something. And he has the allegiance of millions and millions of people. Here's where it gets weird. Right now, incumbent uh, congressman from downstate Illinois, a conservative, Mike Boss, B-O-S-T. You know about him. He's the one who could not stand tyranny when it was in the... Uh, the tyranny of Michael Madigan. Remember, this is the guy who threw the papers in the air. I'm sick of it, he said. He was a state rep, a Republican state rep from Downstate Illinois. He did not like the tyranny of Michael Joseph Madigan as House Speaker. He loves the tyranny of Donald John Trump, though. Isn't that funny how that works? But he's being challenged. Darren Bailey will challenge him. You remember Darren Bailey? Darren Bailey's former state senator who ran for governor as a MAGA candidate against JB Pritzker, lost. But he now wants boss seat. And so to get boss seat, he's cozying up to Trump. And there he was. Shout out Tina Fondellas in the Sun Times. There he was in New Jersey among the people who showed up when Donald Trump returned from Florida after his arraignment to give a speech. Donald Trump's strongest supporters. Here's the headline in the Sun-Times. Bailey sowing seeds for Trump's support. <laughs> Trump sometimes loves that alliteration. And, you know, Bailey's a farmer, so I guess that's a joke. A very bizarre scene uh, in New Jersey. Donald Trump exhausted, flew in from Florida after he was arraigned, uh, gave a speech. By all accounts, he was really tired. Uh, but the throngs that were there were cheering him on, and there was Darren Bailey cheering him on. I'm with you 100%, Donald, because he knows if he has Donald Trump's blessing, it's as good as gold in the Republican primary. Mike Bost responds by saying, No, I love you, Donald Trump. They're like fighting over who Donald, who loves Trump more, and who does Trump love more? So weird and twisted. They're not saying something like, Is a law biting. MAGA-loving, law-and-order type. I believe it's prudent to support law enforcement at a time when the uh, powerful have been found guilty or have found evidence of being guilty. You know what? And I will remind you one more time. Darren Bailey led the fight, the Republican MAGA fight in Illinois, against Robert Peters, and the state Senate's attempt to do away with cash bail. Remember that? Remember Darren Bailey in the campaign trail? Told you that if we got a, did away with cash bail, there would be crime running rampant in the streets. And that you wouldn't be safe to walk down the streets anymore. And that Chicago, already a hellhole, that's what Darren Bailey called it, would even be a hellier hole. <laughs> well, that sounds weird. That was his campaign, ladies and gentlemen. Try to scare the hell out of you. And you know what he was really trying to scare you about. Let's be honest. Black people. That's what it was all about. They're gonna let him out of jail and they'll be prowling and walking down the street like zombies. And now here they go, Donnie Trump. He they let him out with without bail and his sidekick. Well, Muda, they let Luda, they let him out. No bail, no bond, nothing. Go. He's free to fly from Florida to New Jersey to give a rally and denounce the prosecutor. He won't denounce the judge, though. <laughs> no, they're not going to denounce Judge Cannon. That's his brick card. If Donald Trump gets off it be because of Judge Cannon, no doubt about it, he appointed her. My uh, guest today, uh, Henry Davis, I sent him this link about a week or so ago. It was a riff by D.L. Hughley, and he was talking about, wow, what a system. The man, Donald Trump, is on trial. (laughs) He appointed his prosecutor, essentially, and appointed the judge. Wow. Can you imagine justice like that in the criminal justice system of, say, South Bend, Indiana, where Henry Davis is from, or from Chicago, Illinois, where I currently am talking? Can you imagine justice like that? But there we have the law and order Republicans boasting Bailey, battling, elbows flying to get Donald Trump's endorsement. <laughs> you don't hear him talking about no cash bail. You don't hear him denouncing crime in the streets. You don't hear him talking about being afraid. You're very, very afraid. No, no. They they want to be endorsed by the lawbreaker. Man, it is getting weird out there, ladies and gentlemen. Very weird. before I bring on uh, Henry, I will say this. Man, do I feel old and weird. Henry's going to laugh at me at this. So I'm reading the article about the rally they held in New Jersey where Darren Bailey showed up, among all the other Trump lovers. And they open up when Trump walks in with God Bless the USA by Lee Greenwood. But to fire the crowd up, they were playing like oldies. Songs from... (laughs) 70s. Did I like? <laughs> I'm so old, man. Here are the songs they played. Macho Man by the Village People. Henry's laughing at me right already. They played Can't Take My Eyes Off You by Frankie Valli. These songs are ancient. I don't think Henry even has ever even heard of these songs. They played We Will Rock You by Queen. <laughs> That's Freddie Mercury. We Will Rock You by Queen. Do they know that Freddie Mercury was gay? I mean, the Republican Party's been waiting war on gay people for I don't know how long now. You figure uh, that's what's going to get them across the finish line. Hey, guy, do you know that Freddie Mercury's gay? Uh, and then Dancing Queen by ABBA. not a big ABBA fan, What's it's more, um, uh, I probably wouldn't have been tapping my toes to ABBA on that one. But that's embarrassing, man. <laughs> if you just do my music, I should be a Trumper. Anyway, I just had to share that with you, ladies and gentlemen, that embarrassing moment where the playlist at the Trump rally matched stuff I probably was listening to on my car radio as I was driving around. All right, without further ado, I'm going to bring on the distinguished uh, Henry Davis Jr. has been on the show in a while. It's been too long. Uh, City councilman uh, from South Bend, uh, Indiana, and uh, mayoral candidate. We're going to talk about that. Uh, And um, I urge everyone. I always do this when Henry comes on to check out the first interview we ever did in a show where he told a story about Pete Buttigieg and the police of South Bend. And um, wow, that interview, Henry, are you ready for this? Was in uh, 2019. That was a long time ago. 2019. Welcome back, Henry.
0: Thank you. Is it still the highest rated show or no?
2: Uh, No, it's now the second highest. Oh, my Uh, God. That's (laughs) That's awful. Awesome. <laughs> uh, it's the second highest, but that's uh,
0: awful. Man. It shouldn't be in your top five. <laughs>
2: it was a great interview, and it was funny. I'll just share this. Uh, I, you know, I love doing this. Uh, so uh, Henry didn't know me. He never heard of me. doing no what idea was. I'm not sure he trusted me. I'm not sure he still trusts me. Whatever. Uh, his, I know his sister though, Stacy Davis Gates always throws me off because that dyslexia kicks in Henry I've been battling dyslexia my whole life and she's got that gates on the end of her name and you don't and I never want to put that gates on the end of your name bet But not. I always <laughs> <He> bet not <laughs> better <laughs> not did
0: you threaten me one yeah, time no that, nah, that that was her decision
2: <laughs> when she got married it didn't put gates on the name of her brother okay no but, you know, I fight dyslexia, man. If you ever had dyslexia, you don't know what it's like. It's like, oh, my God, you see Davis, and then you just want to say Gates. It's like Denzel. What it pops into your mind after you hear the name Denzel? What pops in your mind, Henry? Malcolm X. Wow, okay. That's going that to answer my question. Washington. But there was a player in the Bulls, Denzel Valentine. Do you know how many times I called him Washington? <laughs> Anyway, yeah,
0: I hear you, man. But no, it, Washington is the first name that comes to mind. Yes, you're absolutely right. I'm just, I'm just messing with you. I'm just toying with you. Uh,
2: that's okay. Yeah, I'm be right with. Um, all right. Uh, so let's start with the top. Uh, I listen, folks. I'm not supposed to make endorsements, but I, I don't live in South Bend. Had I would, had I lived there on May second, I would have voted for Henry Davis.
0: I wish you would have.
2: You know, but I,
0: two thousand more people, probably three thousand more people, we would have won
2: yeah uh and uh, all right let's talk a little bit about it before we get into uh the issues of the day um you ran for mayors the second time i believe you've run for mayor of south Bend, your hometown yes uh pride and joy of LaSalle high school yes and I- uh uh you were not victorious to put him out
0: no the city wasn't victorious you know i um uh, i i'm still licking my wounds from that particular race uh, this one was really hard the first time it was a, little, a lot more emotional response to what was going on so wasn't a lot put into running for mayor the first time and so i um uh, the first time i don't look at like, look at it as like a real race i mean although it was a real race it happened but this time here um this was money this was time this was strategy this was campaign manager this was um having five other candidates outside of me running this was i mean this was the real thing right we we, we did it and um obviously it didn't work in our favor uh it, there's a number of things that i still have a problem with as related to that particular election um but you know it's what it is you know you, you move on or you try to move on from it and it's just, it's, it's difficult because I, I really hate losing. Uh, I mean, that's like probably the worst thing to me, you know, <laughs> outside of probably, you know, death. You know, I, I just do not like to lose. I mean, that, anything, to be honest with you. But that, that, that race, um, it, it took a lot out of me. It, and I'm still, like I said, licking my wounds and trying to catch my breath.
2: Uh, did you, you lost to the incumbent Mueller is his name uh and you said wow you you hate losing i i just have to ask you to amplify on that um what is it about losing i've I've been thinking about this actually henry you don't Uh, get your
0: turn when you don't lose you don't get your turn you lose your turn you know (laughs) You, you gotta sit out and wait until your turn comes back around if it ever comes back around when you lose you lose that says that you were inadequate or you weren't good enough for it's you know, it's that competitive thing, right? It may not say that I'm inadequate, it may not say that I'm not good enough. It may not say any of those things that I, I deem to be uh, uh, negative, but that's how I feel internally, you know? And so, but I don't necessarily think my loss this time around says any of those things. I think South Bend is in a really difficult spot right now. And, um, we had someone come to our, our council meeting the other day, and, and, you know, he was presenting, and he said something really, really profound about um, people, um, this culture, right? He was saying, talking about how people, if they're used to losing or they're used to not having anything, when something that shows up that looks like they should be able to win with and, 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 and do better with, he said they usually don't. They don't know what it is to win or to have things that are good for them. If they're used to being beat down, you know, chances are they're going to accept another beat down, right? So, I mean, so that, that's psychology. You know, they, they have terms for that, you know, that type of behavior. But it doesn't make me feel any better. Well, I, I'm going to
2: put it to you this way, get your response to this. And I'm thinking of this as I say it. So Lord knows how it's going to sound. But from all the information that you send me over over the year, I've now, it's been four years, and Henry, Henry will send me clips, uh, news clips, news stories about what's going on in South Bend, a town. I, I've only been, I don't actually even know if I've been in South Bend. I went to a North uh, a Notre Dame football game once. I think technically I was not even in South Bend. Um, so I'm not even sure I've been in the South, town of South Bend. I have an aversion to South Bend. I apologize, South Bend, because I cannot stand Notre Dame. I've never rooted for Notre Dame. And so I just kind of hold that against South Bend. I apologize, South Bend, okay? It's not fair. But from from what I gather, uh, South Bend, and you know what? Until I met the Davises, I didn't even know that, like, there was a black community in South Bend, okay? That's how ignorant I am. And I've since come semi-educated about it, thanks to the articles that Henry sent me, it's a community that is like separate. Just imagine, it's kind of like the town I grew up up in, went to high school in, Evanston, where there's like the white part of Evanston, and then you go across a street, and there's the black part of Evanston. And the two sides coexist within the same town. They send their kids to the same high school, But it's divided, and it's divided not just geographically, but psychologically. And so, Henry, what you were trying to do was so difficult. You were trying not only to get white people to care about what was going on on the other side of the street, but to vote for someone whose, like, chief purpose in life was to improve things on the other side of the street. I I can tell you, having grown up in this country, how difficult, that challenge was. So you, you should, in my humble opinion, you should not take it personal. You, it's just like you were up against so much, your thoughts.
0: No, I was up against uh, 100 plus years uh, worth of culture uh, that's been in place that uh, says, um, we like the way that this is going, right? And uh, and I understood it uh, going in with eyes wide open. Look, I've been doing this for like the last 17 years of my life. Um, I understood what I was up against. I understood that that we have an establishment government. It's not a Republican, it's not a Democrat, right? It, it's an establishment government. And when I talk about that, is that you know, white supremacy reigns here. It's it's a it's an understanding that people are selected to be a part of the leadership. They're not elected. I beat the machine multiple times, um, being probably the only one out of a lot of people to have been able to do that. And I thank God that he has used me as an instrument to get that done. But, you know, I I can be greedy when it comes to winning. I want to win. Right. I, 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 uh, I have a problem (laughs) with losing. And so I'm not saying it because I'm greedy because I want it all for myself, but because it's in the competition. And so uh, understanding the competition element of all, um, I understand that and at the end of the day, I have to have one more than the next person. I didn't have one more than the next person. And then if we look at the issues that concretely, we—I I just really could not understand how in the hell could the other person win. And there, there, it should be like a no-brainer. I mean, you—you're talking about a turnover rate that's twice the national average. I'm talking about the, with the city employee force. You're talking about our public school corporation is literally shutting down in front of our face. They're, they're right now talking about shutting down another high school. So we'll be down to four. I mean, three, when we had five, not to mention all the elementary schools that we have seen, they're talking about shutting down some more elementary schools. Um, I mean, just the public school system itself is, it's, it's, it's declining. And then, the, and then, and then the powers to be will get on the microphone. On the news (laughs) this is the craziest stuff saying that we have population growth but they know that over 500 families leave the school corporation or 500 students which are families 500 students are leaving the school corporation per year that's the projection every year so if we're having people leave school corporation that means people are leaving the community so how do you get a population boom help me out with that number right I have an MBA. Quit insulting my intelligence. You cannot <laughs> do both at the same time. <laughs> it's completely crazy for me to believe that somebody thinks that you should. Uh, we have a grade F with the FBI as it relates to crime. Uh, we're like number one in the state of Indiana as it relates to crime. Um, it, look, I, I can go on about the... the, the, the
2: Wait, the, what does yeah. that mean by... Uh... Number one in the state of Indiana as it relates to crime. What does what number one mean in this case? No,
0: number one means that you're a, the most violent city in the state of Indiana. Wow. Yeah, that's what it means. so, under this same direct, this leader, same leadership, and guess what? He was a gift from Pete Buttigieg. Okay, so this is Pete Buttigieg's best friend. Pete um, <laughs> officiated this guy's wedding. So they're 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 friends. This is his friend. So this is his gift to the city of Ben. And these are the things and categories which in which most politicians are judged on: your school corporation, the safety, health of your community, the job, joblessness rate or unemployment rate. These are things that we're judged on, right? I, I know that because I've been doing this for like the last seventeen years of my life. I'm not like making up this, this, this this scale, this scale exists for most people. This is boilerplate (laughs) and and, and every category, every box that you would check, we have an F next to it. We don't have any affordable housing. As a matter of fact, we're 6,000 units down. And so everything that you will, will, Everything that you would grade a community on as it relates to growth, we, we we are failing on. We're failing at it. So it was like, there's no way possible that this guy can win. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not all in all, be all. I'm not saying that. But you would think that people would say, well, ooh, we need a U-turn. We need to do a U-turn. We can't get off on any of these exits. This road is bad. You know, it, it's not working out. We need to do something different. And so a person with the level of experience and education that I have, I've passed over 30 pieces of legislation uh, in, in my time of being in office. And I am just I just know that it's probably going to be a close race, but I'll, I'll edge him out. <laughs> Absolutely not, man. That did not happen. And it was just like something crazy. It, it, it was just, I don't know, maybe that's just my reality check for being a black man in America. You know, uh, South Bay has never had a black mayor, and we have a very difficult time with that. Most of the uh, leadership that we have that says black are black women. They're not black men. Uh, And again, I was invited to the party. I actually was able to walk in the front door, the back door, and obviously, you know, make room for myself. And like I said, I thank God for the opportunity. It was fun. It was. It was fun. Uh, Hard at times, but It was fun and and so you know this is what you know where i end up at you know i i just wish that things could have gotten better Hell, this is my hometown this is where i live this is where i'm raising my son at right now this is where i was raised and so you have a level of of certainty about certain these things and you also have a, a invested interest we have an invested interest for homeowners Son, and my wife works for the local school corporation. <laughs> my son is a product of the local school corporation. I'm a product of the local school corporation. So th- these are things that, you know, we, we hold close and near and dear to our hearts, man. And what in the hell happened?
2: <laughs> uh, I'm sure you've done the breakdown or maybe you just walked away from it, uh, but
0: uh, ran away from it.
2: All right. So you have not done a breakdown. Have you done a post election analysis, like looking at where you got the votes uh and where um uh, no, it, it's
0: it's too painful, Ben. It's okay. too it's it's too painful. I um I get numbers as we go. I just actually went to a recount earlier today uh for a gentleman that ran to replace me in my district and he lost the first time by fifteen. And the recount came through, and I think he lost again by the same number of votes, you know, that came out when it first happened. And even with that, the level of leadership I've provided, and I know this, I, I know this because I talk about the legislation that I passed and the things I've done in the district. Um, hell, the, the city government doesn't do any work unless there's a Henry Davis downtown. Um, everything that I have pushed through, even the last three four years, that's the only legislation that's been passed through the city government. This is stuff that's on paper. This is real. This is not me tooting my own horn. This is a real thing. And and so instead, the district. Because the the party was very good at whatever they did to get these people elected. Went complete opposite of me. They went and got a lady that's 70 plus years old who's never served in government, who is a union, used to be a union worker, she's retired, and, and, and so you're, you're dealing with somebody that has absolutely no energy, no understanding, no background, no anything, and that's who the party wanted to be elected in this the, the seat that I just vacated. Where did they do that at? <laughs> I mean, it's All right.
2: people voting. All right, so let's head into this. Uh, let's follow uh, this path. Uh, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, Henry and I have had so many conversations over the last four years, on the mic but off the mic too, about the future of the Democratic Party, my beloved Democratic Party. I have been a loyal Democratic voter, Henry Davis, since before you were born, Okay. And it always seems like my beloved Democratic Party is stranding me, leaving me behind. I know you have some of the same feelings. So why don't you try to uh, put together right now an analysis, sort of what has happened to you in the state of Indiana and sort of the general implications it has for where the Democratic Party is going. Go ahead.
0: It's actually is obnoxious, right? So um, maybe about three months ago, I went to a a party meeting. Um, The state chairman who's from South Bend came in and I stopped him. And I'm glad you asked this question because there is some background here. And I asked him, I said, um, what are you guys going to do for us to the state party to uh, celebrate Uh, The fact that we have an African-American running in almost every city that has a primary right now um, under the Democratic uh, label. And he looked at me like, what are you talking about? And I was just like, and I said it again. And then he, you know, really brushed me off like, we're not going to do anything. And I said, given Indiana's racist history and its behavior. You don't think that it makes sense that the Democratic Party, the party of inclusion, that party that relies on the black vote, do some sort of celebratory or some type of announcement that we have that many African Americans running at one time, uh, at the same time uh, in, for for ship in the individual cities? He said no. I don't. I don't see any value in it. And, you know, that pissed me off. (laughs) It really did, because that tells me that they can care less about that boat. You celebrate things that are, you know, not only a milestone, but this is this is a glass shattering, you know, moment. When have you had this many African-Americans, whether man or woman, run at the same time in such a, a, a I mean, we have such a shady past as Indiana, <laughs> and, and 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 at this moment in 2023, you get a chance to talk about how much we've grown and moved past this racist history. We have people that actually believe that they could be a, a winner a, a, as a mayor, and you're not going to celebrate it? And he was just like, no. Now, mind you, you would think that this guy would be you know, 80, 70 years old because of the generation, right? He's the same age as I am, <laughs> so I mean, you—you, you, it's like you have to question this stuff, but at the same time, run as fast as what fast as you can away from it because it just keeps repeating itself. Now he's a Democrat, right? I would have respect that answer from a Trump, right? I would have expected that answer from a, a staunch Republican, right? I, I would have. But I got the answer from a person that's a Democrat chairperson.
2: Actually, I'm going to push back with you there. Here's the weird thing about MAGA. I always listen. MAGA takes every black person that supports MAGA and puts them on stage. When Donald Trump does a rally, he's got black people behind him saying, with t-shirts that say black man for Trump or something like that. I think that's what the t-shirt says. He celebrates so it. They, yeah, they like, oh, we got a black guy in Georgia willing to run his MAGA. We're going to make him the senatorial candidate, Herschel Walker, a disgrace and an embarrassment. <laughs> you know, but we'll put him up there. We, we'll, Wait, a black guy? We found a black guy who will support every harebrained judicial scheme we come up with. We'll put him on the Supreme court. Meet Clarence Thomas. We found a black guy in South Carolina who will say that racism is not a factor in America. We'll make him Senator, Tim Scott. If you're willing, if you buy into Henry Davis, whatever MAGA is selling and you go, you know what? I'm sick of the Democrats. I'm going to become a MAGA man. Man, what's, what's old boy's name? Mike Pence will be like calling you on the phone. Can, can you appear with me at a rally tomorrow in South Bend? So I'll, do you, do you hear what I said, Henry? I think the Republicans would celebrate it. I mean, it would, it would be embarrassing if Henry Davis became a bag of man.
0: I mean, I couldn't even go uh, to Thanksgiving dinner, man. I'll get, I'll, I'll get banished from the family. Good.
2: I'd be with him. I'd be with him on that. But So, all right. So help me out. Put on your um, psychoanalysis cap for a moment. And help me out here. So as you pointed out, in state after state, it's the black, in a swing state, it is, the Dems need the black vote. We, I mean, I don't know how to tell you this, ladies and gentlemen. It is crucial because MAGA is a freaking insult to black people. So there's really no reason why um, a normal human, black person in America would vote MAGA. So you need that. Uh, the black vote to win in the Democratic Party. If the Dems don't recognize that, that is to their detriment. So, what is going on in this man's mind?
0: When- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, w- one thing I can say that's across the board, and that's why I call South Bend an establishment government, is because chances are the Republicans think the same way as the Democrats they just don't want any more black representation that thinks opposite of what they believe and think should be going on. And that's my 17 years. Now I could be wrong, but that's my experience. Um, That's why you have such low voter turnout because most black people that I deal with that I have, you know, represented for all these years, their issue with the party system as a, relates to Republican uh, Democrat or even independent is the fact that they don't feel like that they get what they deserve out of the representation that's there or even out of the party itself and so why in the hell participate and then that's how they feel so their rebuke of bad representation overall whether black or white is just not to participate at all now henry will say well no 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 no. if you don't pick you're still picking there's a formula to this this is how this works you, you can't just not choose but in their heart of hearts they really feel like if i don't participate the hell with it you know and, and i'm going to move on the way that i can move on and move and the truth is i get it honest to god i get it i i, I get it right but you just cannot allow somebody else to choose for you or not be available when it's time for you to uh, to pick. Um, the Democrats do have a big problem. In most of your cities where African-Americans are at that helps the Democratic Party get over, here recently what was Detroit and Philadelphia that made sure that Biden got in. Those are some of the areas where the highest poverty that you have, right? Highest crime, highest, everything that's bad those numbers are high and those boxes are being checked Uh, yeah i'm with you and the people that are being hurt the most are the very people that are carrying that water across the bridge for the democratic party so how can we even at the local level as representation or representatives continue to ask those people that are being hurt uh to continue to participate in a system that that renders nothing but negative results for them. It's 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 insane. And and like I said, I get it, you know, no different than my past this past month, this election, we had more black men running uh, for office in the Democrat party than we ever have had run at the same time. And they were younger black men. And it was just like it was a rebuke from black and white. Latino as well, and whoever else is here, said, we don't want that. We don't need that. And so how is that supposed to make myself and my counterparts feel about their children as we are growing them up or grooming them here in this city that we call South Bend? And and that's in most places, right? Uh, We don't want it. Well, what in the hell do you want? I mean, if you what do you want? <laughs> you can't keep asking me to keep paying out and, and, and not receiving anything back. I'm gonna ask for something back. Yeah. That's that you saw a seed you reap a harvest, right? Those are just natural things that occurs. <laughs> so acting as if this stuff doesn't exist is even more shameful for a Democratic Party. You know, at least Trump got up and said, well, what else do you have to lose? Think about it. That resonates with the black angry voter. What do I have to lose?
2: No, it's not. Listen,
0: it resonates, right? I'm not saying it's the right thing. I'm just saying it, but it resonates.
2: I I understand. (laughs) I mean, I've said this so many times. It, if you feel that the system is hopeless and corrupt and will never, ever, ever meet your needs and will always, always, always just take you for granted, then, yeah. If you just want to make an, a vote of opposition to endlessly pursuing the same path that will get you nowhere— Vote for the open white supremacist. I, as a lefty, I'm like, there's nothing Trump offers me. Do you follow me? Like, they're fighting every step of the way to kill whatever health program Barack Obama set up. They're, yeah. that, they're dedicated to destroying Obamacare. For no other reason than they want to destroy it. So there's no reason why I would ever support a Republican for anything. Okay, just I'm just thinking about like an issue. But if I look at the Dems flail around on health care, take a step forward, take a step back, afraid of their own shadows, not going to stick their neck out, then I may go. You know what? The hell with all of them. And the equivalent would be vote for some extreme. Left-wing candidate who has no chance of winning whatsoever. Just because to
0: send you, a message because you want the house burned down. You want to burn the house down, yeah, right? Because that's what you know. Emotion gets you. You get pissed off. You, you you're done with it, and you would rather just see everybody being pushed out. Let's just start over again, which is not necessarily a bad idea, right? <laughs> because if I'm not getting what I deserve, then I mean I need to like move on, right? But the, the, the Democratic Party, and it's and it, it, I, I'm going to say at its root at this point, appears to be almost as closely to the same as the Republican Party. And I want to say it because of practical experience. You say that they nationally want to get rid of healthcare Here locally, Democrat Party is against having a Citizens Review Board They're against reparations, they're against uh, good public schools for kids, and they're against affordable housing. The the party here locally is against those things. Why can I say, how can I say that? Because those things are not happening. Two out of the four, three out of the four, I have actively and passed legislation on all all of those things. We even have a housing authority that is uh, offline by... 100 plus, I think it's like 130 apartments, affordable housing for people who can't, cannot, who need subsidized housing. This is our Democratic Party here locally, and they are against making sure those things are in place and investing those things. What the party is currently doing, the people that are in place of leadership, they're, they're building onto our ballpark. They're building high-dollar uh, condominiums in the downtown South Bend. They're building high-dollar uh, hotels. I mean, doesn't that sound Republican-ish to you? <laughs> Think about That's, so yeah. so so when I go and knock on somebody's door, <laughs> and I ask them for their vote, they're looking at those very things that I am talking about and saying to hell with all of you because all of you are not doing anything. Right. And so how are you that much different than the next person, Henry? And so it it, it just turns into this, this soup of it, super mistrust. That's what it turns into. And so no one wins and then no one participates. And those who used to participate just quit participating. And so that's here locally.
2: Okay. So we, what you just uh, rattled off actually sounded a lot like Chicago uh, under uh, uh, Daily Rom, uh and Lori Lightfoot. Isn't that nuts? You, yeah, it sounded a lot like Chicago. Uh, and which brings me to this topic. We, uh, Folks, I wish you could have heard this conversation we had. I was taking a walk and I was, <laughs> we were... <laughs> Oh, my God. So we were on the phone, uh, Henry, and this is before he lost the election. I think it was before the election kicked into gear, Henry. Uh, And we were talking about the Bears. And I was uh, venting that Chicago may uh, spend even more money to build a stadium for the Bears. And you actually said to me, come to South Bend, Bears. We'll have you in South Bend. Have you changed your attitude uh, on that general topic? Uh, <laughs> you now realize how meaningless it is to spend money to bring a, a football team but, uh, to a city when you could spend that money doing all those things that you mentioned that that are on your list of priorities. Uh, and and but you know no you're gonna put ahead of that. Putting a bear. Are you now willing to say, Ben? You were right about uh, how ridiculous and absurd it is to spend money to bring a football team to a city or keep them in a city.
0: No, uh, I was saying yes because we do need the entertainment, we do do need the recreation, uh, we do need the the ability to attract jobs and get people employed. Blah blah blah. But no, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, spending taxpayer dollars with a billionaire. Uh, that has the money to uh, undergird his investment while the city gets none, um, it's insane. We just had a guy come in who owns uh, the ethanol plant. We have an ethanol plant here, uh, employs quite a few people at a high dollar level. He came in and got a a tax abatement uh, for, you know, his new venture as it relates to the ethanol plant. And so it was less than a million dollars that was being abated over several years. And we had one council person just like stand up and say, We really need this, and um, we're, we're going to do it because if he doesn't get the abatement, he's going to leave. Well, you're looking at the numbers, okay? <laughs> and The numbers suggest multi million dollar investment on his own private end, right? And obviously, if he's investing his money, he's making a pretty good profit. So you mean to tell me less than a million dollars is going to make him leave? Yeah, right. He's not going in anywhere. I mean, it would be insane for him to pick up and move and go somewhere. It's going to cost more money to shut down. But because we have people that are on council who are easily scared or easily whatever, misled, uh, would probably be the better word, you have to <laughs> Them going for these type of deals when in fact you can't even get no no type of public benefit agreement. You can't make sure that he's going to employ people from South Bend. You can't make sure that the construction contracts are going to be for people from South Bend. You none of those things are even in play.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? The the public benefit agreements that you get, right? Nothing. You could not, you could not nail this guy, guy down on any of these things because he said he couldn't commit because the deal hadn't been done yet and you're sitting there and you're looking like well the deal is getting done and you should come to the table saying what you're going to do only thing that you're doing sir is added to your bottom line mm-hmm. that's the only thing that you're doing and guess what i get it right but it's up to the city to say yes or no in the best interest of the people that we were supposed to be representing and that didn't happen. That no. didn't happen. And so no. I agree with you. I do. I agree with you.
2: Wow. Okay. I, I, I like that. I'm going to put that on a T-shirt. I agree with you. But, you know, uh, <laughs> a huge concession uh, from Henry Davis Jr., who it, uh, can be a stubborn human being. I Listen, it, it society's going just the opposite. You know, I'm an obsessive sports fan. I follow this stuff. Uh, right now here, they're bidding war while Keegan's begging uh, for the Bears to come there. Naperville says, hey, Bears, Naperville, like, you don't even need the Bears. Uh, Arlington Heights, man, they were moving heaven and earth to get the Bears here. Now the Bears are, like, trying to squeeze them. They get that empty vacant land now where Arlington Racetrack used to be, and the Bears, they thought they had a deal for the Bears, probably ultimately will. Uh, Brandon just had a Johnson, Mayor Johnson, just had a conversation uh, with Kevin Warren of the Bears. Hey, think of Chicago. Oakland uh, lost the A's. The A's are about the athletics, the baseball team, are about to move to Vegas. Nevada spending millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars to build a baseball facility for the Oakland A's to get them to leave Oakland. All right. Uh, Los Angeles. Uh, Vegas already moved the Raiders from Oakland to uh, to Vegas. You know, we see this over and over again. City spending billions. It's like we've lost our way, Henry. It's, I, I don't know what to say. We've lost our way, our way on this issue.
0: You just the problem that we have, Ben, and I'm gonna be honest with you, and this is you know my 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 some of my um the conversations that I have with other people and definitely with myself, we just have weak leaders. We have weak leaders, we have people who posed who put on costume costumes to suggest that they are a leader just because you look like one and you sound like one does not mean that you are one and and this is a this is an indictment against the electorate as well right this is just not that person if we are interested in having people that are not proven but proving and doing things that are hurtful and harmful, you guys just dodged a bullet with Wallace and um, and Johnson, right? <laughs> you, you dodged a huge bullet. But without a Chicago Teachers Union in Chicago, you will be sitting next to what I'm currently experiencing right now in South Bend, you know, um, The the dynamics are so closely related. You get this because an electorate is too lazy. And and that's a very good word, lazy. And and at times too timid to say, hey, we can't keep doing this. We can't keep doing this. Anytime that you are looking at the idea of public schools shutting down, not because the building is not going to be in use anymore but the idea of less opportunity for your children you have less spa- spots on your basketball teams on your track teams On your drama teams, uh, less desk to go into so the kids can learn how to read and write properly, less opportunity across the board. And guess what else happens? Less opportunity for your cities to even acquire or recruit employers into the city so that these same very people in these families will have jobs to go to. Everything becomes less. Hmm. But what happens is this as well. What becomes more? Is crime, what becomes more is death becomes more is more prisons and more jails. Everything that we say that we do not want. That's exactly what we get. Yeah. And so I, I blame the electorate as well for them in their, in their constant ability to be so apathetic about the plight of their own people. If at some point you have to believe that you are responsible for what happens next. You can't blame somebody else not every time sometimes some things are beyond your control but stuff like this yeah it's your fault you got to participate (laughs) you had to participate
2: and it all comes together with the nihilism we were talking about before the attitude that doesn't matter no they won't deliver it's it's a constant fight yes it's a constant fight you think they're just going to give you something no they're not going to just give you something. And by the way, even if you vote for them, they're probably not going to give you something because there's probably someone with more power than you who wants uh, something in exchange. So it's just a constant fight. That's that's called life, Henry. It's it's difficult.
0: You it's know? difficult. It's very difficult. It's, it's scary. It's it, scary. It's, it's scary. It's fatiguing. Uh, it, 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 it's 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 shameful. It, it's hurtful. But you know, I applaud the city of Chicago. Uh, it was uh, electing the Brandon Johnson. I I, I I applaud it.
2: Well, we'll get, let me just say this before we get, we'll go over Mayor Johnson right now. Mayor Johnson met with Kevin Warren. They had a, I think it was a zoom meeting or a virtual meeting uh, to talk about, you know, Hey, if you're still interested, it doesn't work out. We're here for, you know, let's talk. And coincidentally, about a week before that uh, Cam Buckner was on the show, state representative Cam Buckner ran for mayor uh, and former football player, you know, that, uh, uh, Cam was an outstanding football player at Morgan Park high school and the university of uh, Illinois. And he knows the state of football in Chicago public schools. Henry. Now I know your son's a basketball player. He's not a football player. So it's a different thing, but football at, you have like a requirement upfront requirement in football, greater than basketball, helmets, pads, pleats, you know, uh, You have to stay on top of that stuff, or you're putting your kids' health at risk. Yeah, you should. We, we got. We don't have. We have high schools in Chicago, Henry. They don't have enough helmets to go around, and we're going to give money to the Bears. No. If the Bears want money, they have to agree to to sponsor every football team in the city of Chicago you got to put the money up now. You have to buy the equipment now, and you have to make that equipment year after year. We want the same football equipment for kids in the city of Chicago that Maine South has, that New Trier has, that Evanston has. But no, they want their money, and then they want to what? Pretend like they don't exist in a city where kids don't have football helmets? Come on, Henry. And they would do the same thing to South Bend, by the way. The bear, your beloved Bears would come to South Bend? The high school, well, I'm sure South Bend high schools have enough money for football pads and helmets. I, I don't know, think-
0: they don't. Wow, Damn. yeah, no, they don't. Sad. They, they, uh, they don't. Uh, there's a school right now that I can name that, that has had problems with uh, getting funds to produce uh, those products for our children. They ask awesome. for money every year. As a matter of fact, they just got a, a reminder about a golf outing so they can raise money for these things. No, no, sir. Wow. No, sir. America again has lost its moral compass. It really has. It has lost its moral compass. And if there's compasses, uh, is, is, a a piece of paper. Well, it's not even paper It's cotton. <laughs> that's has a green tint to it. You know, then, you know, we're all going to be in trouble and we are all in trouble because that is actually our compass, you know, that dollar, You know, capitalism, everybody is like so in love with capitalism. Um, I think capitalism sucks. Uh, 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 It really does because it it really hurts those who need the support. I think that the city, South Bend, the state of Indiana, the, the the United States of America, I think we need to re, re, we need to adopt another way of going about our business. I'm not saying that we need to go into some socialistic society. I, I'm not I'm not suggesting any of those things. But if if our morals are built upon our bottom line and and our bottom line is obviously cash flow, then we we've missed the mark regularly. Okay. God is upset with us.
2: All right, so let me just say something I have to say. When capitalists get together and looking out for their interests, they become socialists.
0: Ain't ain't that right? Ain't that right? Ain't that right? (laughs) Your son
2: wants to play in the NBA. Yeah. Okay? And God willing, he will be there one day. He's got to work on that three-point shot. But uh, (laughs) I always say that. Is he working on the three-point shot? But if he makes it to the NBA, they have something called a salary cap. Yeah, a salary cap means no team can spend above that t- that cap in total salaries without paying a fine. Why do they have a cap- salary cap to protect the interests of the capitalists? Yeah, the capitalists don't want a free market where LeBron James can go absolutely anywhere unimpeded. He he's with the Lakers now. His contract expires. I think I'll go to the Chicago Bulls, and I'm going to ask the Bulls to spend whatever it is I that I want for me. The Bulls, if it was a free market, could do that, but they have a cap. So if the Bulls want to spend whatever LeBron wants, they got to cut other players. Yes. They have a cap that protects the interests of the capitalists. I think cap means capitalists. That, so they want true. socialism when it comes to protecting themselves. They don't want it for you. No, they not want it for everybody else. And no. they don't want it for your son when he is knocking on the door. You know what the WNBA they will not allow teams to charter private planes for their players. I just read about this with Brittany Griner's case. Why? Because it would be an unfair advantage that the Phoenix Mercury's could have a chartered plane just for their team, and the Chicago Sky don't. I'm like, what do you care? Brittany Griner's being threatened by insane people in this country. If that team needs a private plane to protect her, what do you care? No, we have to protect the interest of the owners. So, Henry, we really don't live in a capitalist country when capitalist interests are at stake. Then we live in a socialist country. Your thoughts?
0: No, I, uh, I agree. I agree. Um, what I was just talking about, those tax abatements uh, from the city helping out that one uh, development, that, that's that's socialism that's socialism uh and so um and, and i participate in quite a bit of socialism when it comes to people with money when it comes to people with no money or or needing more money or more capital revenue to to to, to even get water turned on in their house you know people get, people get pissed off <laughs> they, they 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 turn into some type of like tyrant about money you know uh our way of uh even working and supporting uh, poor people here in this community is $25 uh, that you can get off uh, per building cycle when it relates to your water bill. $25 in my gas tank right now, I may get a quarter tank of gas. I may, right? $25 at the grocery store where everything should be even. Um, I may be able to get a couple cartons of eggs uh, uh, some bread, some butter. I'm telling you, I'm getting ready to run out here really quick. <laughs> right. I'm not going to get much of $25, you know, but this guy comes in and he gets close to a million dollars in tax abatement without even like an issue. And you have people who are sitting up there say, claiming to be, you know, um, for the people because they were elected by the people. In some cases, some of these people are people who are preachers and pastors of their churches. I can take another step further. These are your moral people, right? Your moral-minded people. (laughs) (laughs) And and these are the ones that are yelling the loudest about, you know, um, how great this is going to be for the city or for the people that are in the city when the numbers are clear. This is not for anybody in the city. This is for the person's bottom line and the profit margin. And it's, and it's just really, really sick. And, I, and this is not my opinion. These are facts. These yeah. are pen to paper facts. So I agree with you, you know. And, but the, the, the thing that perpetuates the cycle of senselessness and violence that we are, are, are re-ruling from, um, you know, there's an African proverb. It says that the child who is not embraced by his village will uh, burn it down to fill his warmth. That's what happens. It just continues to perpetuate itself. So like if the children that I just got done talking about, that we're talking about, are not going to get what they deserve and need as they are growing up, those in fact become people who are going to be dependent on the system more or criminals, right? Then they're still really dependent on the system because they to continue to uh, cause uh, 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 a level of unrest within the city. As they do that, we are going to spend more money trying to take care of that problem and keep those people locked away while we can't even like produce the outcomes that are needed for future growth. But the reason why that's happening is because of the uh, the selfishness that happens at the leadership level.
2: Uh, all right, you said you have some hopes about Chicago. Let's close on a little hopeful note. Uh, your uh, dear friend Brandon Johnson was elected mayor of the city of Chicago. Uh, that leaves you with some hope close it down there go ahead
0: uh, yeah that's some help that's a lot of hope uh it shows you what organizing does and what it can do uh it shows you that there is some light at the end of the tunnel uh it shows you that most of your better leaders I want to be honest with you probably are teachers they get it all you know uh they're very analytical in their thinking they have to talk with multiple different people who different dialects and tones, languages. Um, they, they are chameleons within a society that really wants to get rid of them, but need them very, very bad. So um, you look at a Brandon Johnson story, I think that's awesome. I applaud it. I just wish that more cities will uh, understand um, that's what's needed, you know, but it, it, it takes organization it takes money. It, it, and it and be honest with you, Ben. It takes balls. It takes balls, man. It, 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 if you're if you're scared of what may happen, or you losing friendship with somebody, you, you can't do this. You can't do this. This is this is, this is not for you. <laughs> but if you're interested in doing it for the betterment of the people, um, yourself included, but yourself at the end of the list, um, then it can be done. Yeah. It, it can be done, right? But you, you have to be so selfless and interested in me quite honestly with with, with dying for, for it. If you're not interested in laying your life on the line for it, you, you just don't get up in the morning. <laughs> you can stay in bed, man, and, and, and watch, rerun, watch reruns of the Jeffersons or something.
2: <laughs> uh, it sounds like a, a fun day, actually. Yeah, uh, <laughs> It's just a pretty good day. Sounds good to me. I love the Jeffersons. Um. Yeah. No. Uh, everything comes with basketball. We'll close it back, but it can't be. A, you can't be scared to take the shot. I saw that with my beloved Bulls. Man, they were all running away to take that shot against Miami, uh, and they lost that playing game. And what happens? Miami wasn't afraid to take the shot. And they no, ended, they and weren't. They ended, and they end up in the finals.
0: They sure did. Uh, number number eight seed, and that's the last thing that you know. No one really is talking about that. They're talking about Denver in their first championship. The Joker. And look, I'm not taking anything away from, from uh Denver. Very good team. Very, very good team. But let's be honest, they were playing against the eighth seed that wasn't even supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> they were playing the eight. And it's
2: because the other seeds uh, they they in the big moment, they were afraid to shoot. It, I, I mean, I'm watching Boston.
0: And on top of that, and on top of that, the number two player on the Miami, he was hurt.
2: Uh Harrow three. He's the number three player, but whatever. The number okay. three. Yeah. Yeah. I he would say Bam's ahead of him. Don't you agree? Bam and Jimmy are ahead of him.
0: Yeah, I, Jimmy's yeah. definitely number one, right? And Bam's two. Okay. So so he he's hurt. Yeah. So that takes away even the their level of scoring yeah. per game.
2: Yeah. No. Yeah. He, uh, a, a, a fantastic job. I, listen, I'm not. Wait, hold on. I got to stop right here. I'm a Bulls fan. I couldn't care less about Miami. All right, I'm just putting that out there. You know, I was rooting it's for Jimmy because the Bulls weren't in it, but I don't care about Miami. You, you I'm not jumping on the Miami bandwagon. Bulls get some shooters. Okay, you got this kid Henry Davis the third. Take a look at him. He's working <laughs> on that three as we speak. Okay. <laughs>
0: You know, shooters. Uh, the Bulls does do not care about winning because their seats are sold out every game. that oh, I'm responsible because I'm one. I'm a season ticket holder with the guys on my bowling team. Here, here goes the capitalistic conversation.
2: Oh my goodness!
0: So who cares if we win, as long as you guys are still eating hot dogs and coming through the gates? Wait, how come that doesn't work for Miami? They're sold out. Lakers are sold. You know how expensive
2: Lakers t- I'd try to go to a Lakers game. Uh, I really wanted to say I had never been to a Lakers game in L.A. And I said, I said to my son-in-law, let's see what we can get the tickets for. Henry, nosebleeds were like $300. for some Yes, Olympics. sir. It wasn't even a great game. I'm like, they get, they sell out their tickets. Why don't they have that same philosophy? Do you follow what I just told you? No, well, we're se- selling out tickets does not mean you have to quit trying to win. No, no. Have you ever watched Winning Time? Yeah, of course. The Lakers, the the
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you others, see how he so. you see how he built that engine over there? Yes, I did. It, it wasn't necessarily even about winning. He was able to put together a show. Yeah. That, that that invited people in not only to invest, but to even not even give a damn about basketball. They came in because of the Laker girls. They came in because of what was happening during halftime. They came in there for the, the, the entire package. Now, Magic Johnson, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and those guys, I mean, obviously, y- you will enjoy that. But their style of play was even showy-ish. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's a lot of fun, that TV show. We talked about it on the show. If you watch it. Uh, by the way, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar denounced it. Uh, he says it's really inaccurate. Uh, so just, I bet. Uh, I bet know. it
0: was. <laughs> uh, but I,
2: I thoroughly, I must admit, my wife and I, we watched it. We loved it. And we're not Lakers fans, but just totally loved it. Brought back a lot of memories. The story of the 1979-1980 Lakers, uh, Magic Johnson's rookie year, and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was the captain of the team. Spencer Haywood, uh, Pat Riley, assistant coach. Great, great. A lot of fun watching that show. All right, Henry, we run out of time. Uh, it's a blast talking to you. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Best of luck to you with all the decisions you are facing, all right? Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, man. All right. That's the great Henry Davis Jr. Do not call the man Gates. Thank you very much for being on the show. I also want to thank producer Chris for doing an outstanding job as he always does. And as Henry would say, hey, Chris, give yourself a raise. Take it out
1: of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. And remember, you can always download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, get Benny J bonus interviews and so much more all at ChicagoReader.com. Follow The Ben Jarofsky Show on Instagram at Benny J Show and like and subscribe to The Ben Jarofsky Show all over the internet on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms.